Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Looking forward to preaching today. Uh, there, there we go. I, I, I'm going to talk about the spirit of offense. And Jake mentioned that earlier, but but I'm going to be working through this over the next few weeks. And I've I've prepared several messages. Actually, I have a, a total of five messages that I'm going to be preaching on this. And I I'm excited about giving you this first message today, which kind of gets our toes in the water with this whole issue of offense. But are you ever, do you ever get to the point where you're just sick of getting offended? Yeah, I do. I, I, you just, I'm sick of getting offended. I mean, do you find yourself like in this constant cycle of offense and it just keeps happening and happening? Well, I was going to say good, but, but I'm, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening because today we're going to start crushing offense. And uh, we're going to be talking from the scriptures about how you can be what I call unoffendable. It's actually within your reach, and you can do this. You can turn your life around. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're diving into to how to crush offenses. And, and, and there's going to be stuff in every single one of these messages that's, that's going to help you. It's going to strengthen you. And I, my prayer is that by the end of this series, you're going to come out a better person. So that's, that's by the end of, of August. So we've got a few weeks on this. It's going to be a good, good, fun journey. But, but you know what happens is when somebody gets offended, typically they become unreachable, unreachable. You can't really do much with them. They become unreasonable and they become inflexible. And you've seen that, right? You've seen that around you, right? You've also experienced it, right? Uh, just like I'm doing some unreasonable stuff. I'm, I, I, people, I can't even listen to anyone anymore. It's because you're offended. And here's what Solomon says. And Solomon actually said it probably better than anyone else. This guy would know. I mean, he had so many wives. He had plenty of opportunity to get offended. And I think they did too. He might have been saying this about all the wives that were offended because yeah, that's the problem. You should have one wife. But look, take a look at this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19, he says, a brother who is offended. See, he says brother because he's, I think he's really thinking about his wives. I'm just kidding. I don't know that. But it says, a brother who is offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And quarrels are like the bars of a citadel. I mean, Solomon hit the nail on the head. And truth be told, every single one of us, we get offended. We need to own up to that. But the, the strange thing is, is we get offended over the most ridiculous things. So go ahead and get your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. And in this particular message, it is very important that you have your Bible ready to that. I'm going to that, uh, open to that passage. I'm going to be addressing it near the end of the message, but you're going to have to look at it to examine some things in it on your own. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Find it in your Bibles and on your apps and just hold your place right now. Well, this whole thing of offense... I first really started dealing with it in a, in I guess you could say a tangible way when I was about 22 years old, and and I was a I was a young staff member at a large church, and I was zealous to serve God. I had finished Bible college, and I had all this figured out. And I was serving the Lord and doing His work, and it was it was wonderful. And and uh, but but I I had my very first encounter with what I would call the strange and bizarre nature of offense, and. 
Here's how it happened. I was walking through the foyer at my church. It was a, it was a large church, and I was walking through the foyer, and, and this, this guy approached me. I really didn't know him very well. I, I knew him because I'd seen him in services, but that's, that's a, about the only way I, I knew him. Again, it was a large church, and, and he was about 45 years old, and he came storming up to me. I could see he was aggressive. He was coming at me, and he, and you know, again, I'm a 22-year-old guy. I'm trying to just be happy, you know, Christian, young preacher boy, or whatever I was, and he stormed up to me, and he said, so what's your problem, man? What's your problem? <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, 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 I wanted to say, I don't have a problem. What's yours? But no, I, I knew better. I, I know you don't do that. And I said, well, I, I, I really don't know what you mean. What are you talking? And I'll never forget his angry, squinty eyes. And he, he like, leaned into me. And I, I could feel this tension that, that was brewing up there because I was, obviously I had a problem, but I didn't know what my problem was. And the next thing that came out of his mouth is, I am so offended at you and how you treated me last Tuesday. I'm just sitting there listening to that. This is all revelation to me. I, I go, okay. Uh, and he goes, I just, want, I just want you to tell me, what is your problem with me? I mean, keep in mind, I'm so confused. I hardly even know this guy. I probably waved him and said hi to him in the hallways or shaking his hand at the door. I mean, it was, again, it was a big church. I, I didn't know him. And, and, and I was fresh out of college. I'll just tell you, they never trained me in college how to deal with this. They teach you how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, how to preach and how to lead meetings. But they don't teach you about the things you really deal with in ministry. They don't. They just, they just don't. Those of you who want to go to Bible college and learn how to be a pastor, great. You're going to get about 10% of what you'll actually use uh, in, in real life. And so, so I... All that money for education, I was thinking, they didn't, they didn't treat me in this. I'm still paying my school bills. I, I don't know anything about this. I knew nothing about how to deal with angry, offended people. And, and as I was standing there, he, he just said, don't just stand there and act like you don't know what I mean. Well, I could dance and act like I don't know what you mean. I, I don't know. What do I do? The guy was living. And, and, and he, said, he said, you know. You saw me at the four-way stop down there on Tuesday, right down the road. You, we drove up to the stop signs, and you looked at me. You looked right into my eyes, into the car, and I waved at you, and you just looked away and turned the corner and went the other direction. You totally ignored me, and that offended me. And I said, I didn't see you. He goes, yes, you did. You saw me. And I'm sick of this church because all churches are phony. And he turned around and he walked out and he went, wait, wait, wait. Well, he left and I never, I honestly, I never saw the guy again. Now, I'm telling you, that was weird, right? Well, welcome to a pastor's life. I get that kind of stuff all the time. I'm, I'm kind of, I finally learned to get used to it. And, and, and uh, I, but at that moment, I was just stunned. It was bizarre. I mean, I had no idea, though, that this was the beginning of something that I would see regularly as a pastor and it's offense and the truth is i want to talk to you as well as to me to all of us that we need to crush offense and become unoffendable and it's maybe it's something that you didn't do you didn't do something the way someone else expected you to do it so they get offended at you or you did something in a way that they didn't want you to do, so it offended you, and everybody just gets offended. And it's like, over what? What are we getting offended about? And it's with friends. It's with family. And, and, and a lot of times, 
people just literally, you maybe even just, just walk out on a relationship and the motivation to do that goes back to offense. Offense happens in your homes. Offense happens at work. Offense happens in the church. Offense happens with friendship networks. Offense happens on social media. Oh, my goodness. But any time people want to try to walk together in any form of unity, somebody is going to get offended. Now, I don't, I don't like process offense the same way I used to. Uh, I... I I, I thank God that I don't take offense the way that, that I used to because I, I really, really struggled with it a long time ago. But I used to really, I mean, it was, it was an intense struggle. Finally, the truth be told, and it's what I want for you too, is God set me free from what I call a spirit of offense. I've chosen to live my life as one who is unoffendable. Now, I can't control other people but the Holy Spirit in me can keep me under control. And that's what I want. Now, I, I just want to address this very quickly. Now, if someone legitimately sins against you or whatever, now that's a completely, entirely different situation. I'll be talking about that in a few weeks. But I'm talking really about getting your feelings hurt. And people do pick up, we pick up offenses of, of, about the craziest little issues. But again, God's helped me. I want to help you, and I want us to grow together. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of the strategies with you that I began to learn from my early days of pastoring. And, and, uh, and it really bugged me back then, but God has helped me again. In fact, it bothered me so much when offense happened is that I would reciprocate offense. So I, I, I would actually get offended that other people were offended at me. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And so now, you, basically, you have two people running around all hurt and all wounded and all offended. And one was the pastor, me. And I'll just tell you right there, that is a recipe for disaster. Because when offense happens and you get two people offended at each other because one gets offended and the other people, person gets offended because they're offended, then you have a big, big mess on your hands and you have to break it somewhere. And you just need to step up and say, I'm the one who's going to stop the cycle of offense right here, right now with me. Because what happens is you hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Like with me as a pastor, if I hold on to offense, I hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in me, but it also hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in the church, and that's a dangerous thing. So my choice to get offended, and again, it is a choice. It is always a choice. That word choice is critical here. My choice to get offended was messing up my life, and it, and it had to stop. And it has to stop in your life as well. I, I accepted the fact that there's nothing that I could do to prevent other people from getting offended. But I myself, I could learn to think different. I could learn to live different. And God delivered me from that. And so I set up the high and lofty goal of being unoffendable. Which is the title of today's message is Be Unoffendable. That's the title. And, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not there 100% yet. Uh, 
because I still struggle with it from time to time, but I'm certainly not where I used to be, and I'm grateful to God for that. And I get tested on this stuff all the time. And, and like I've said before, every time I get ready to do a new series of messages, just before I do them, I get tested on all this stuff. And I, sometimes I'm like, God, come on. Just let me preach something that I don't have to get tested on yet again. And so God throws it my way. So I have to think about, what am I getting ready to preach? What am I going to be dealing with over the few weeks prior to it? And here we are. So, so... I, I, I want you to understand, though, that God gave me the grace to move past it and to be more resilient, and I believe God can do that for you as well. So I'm challenging you today. Here's the main challenge is to be unoffendable because offense destroys lives. Now, I want to warn you up front is that you might be tempted to think, other, think about other people as I'm going through this series, and you've probably already done it. You're thinking, man, I wish Aunt Mabel were here. I wish Uncle Bernard was here. They surely do need to hear this sermon. Well, actually, that's the wrong attitude to have because if you're thinking about other people, you're going to cause this, this teaching to go in the wrong direction. I want you to let God speak to you. God's Word is for you today. This is a word from God for you, not for Billy Bob down the road, okay? So I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, God has a word for me today. Come on, say it with me. Come on. God has a word for me today. If you're watching online, just say it out loud. Come on, unless you're with a bunch of people that are going to think you're crazy. But come on, say it out loud with me again. God has a word for me today, all right? So one of the biggest challenges that we face in life honestly, is getting along with other people. Isn't that right? I mean, come on, let, let's be honest. It, it really is. It really is. And we all have these different backgrounds, and there's different personalities, and there are just, just different life experiences, and you put it all together, and things tend to come out weird sometimes. But if you're going to live a life of peace, if you're going to live a life of victory, then you have to learn how to keep offense out of your home and out of your life and out of your relationships. In fact, Jesus said it well. He said, a constantly squabbling family disintegrates. But offense just can't come strolling in whenever it wants. It can't just come strolling in to disintegrate families and disintegrate relationships and disintegrate friendships. No, actually, you have to open the door to it. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have disagreements because we always will. Disagreements are normal. There's nothing wrong with disagreements. But squabbling and offense, when that becomes normal, then that's actually a problem. And you might say, well, Pastor Tim, you don't understand. I mean, I wouldn't get offended if, if, if my husband would just be more sensitive or I wouldn't be getting offended at work if, if I had a higher salary and, and people treated me more professional. Uh, I, I wouldn't get offended at church if you would just let me sing and preach all the time because I had that ministry, you know. I wouldn't get offended with anyone and everyone if people would just start communicating with me better. I, I know how you're saying this in your head. But it's not going to happen I remember about 20 years ago, I ran into another situation. I was pastoring a large church at the time, and uh, it was a third service, and I was, uh, I was talking to people during the meet and greet time. We did about a three-minute meet and greet. There were a few hundred people in the room, and, and so I would go out and talk to people and, and greet them and meet them at that time, and, and I greeted this one lady, and, and she, she pulled me aside and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. So we had a little bit of time for some dialogue as the band was playing and everything like that. She said, I, I'm offended at you. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm used to that. I'm, I'm thinking that. I didn't say it. I, I'm, I thought, yeah, okay, you're offended at me. But, but, uh, but she said, I, I thought you were different, but you're just like all the other pastors. I'm like, 
again, I'm like, okay, okay. I just like all the other pastors. I, I don't, sorry about that. I, I mean, my, my usual answer with something like that is typically, I say, well, I'm sorry about that. I just, well, God bless you anyway. And I just usually move on. But I didn't have the opportunity to move on at that point because she, she like, she, I grabbed my hands and, and she said, last Sunday, <laughs> this, this is real, this happened, okay. Last Sunday, after the third service was over, you walked out the back of the platform and you were gone. And you didn't come out and greet the people after the church and pray with anyone. You just disappeared. You didn't make yourself available to us. And she was, like, really upset. She was trembling. I guess she had had this in her all week long, and she was dealing with this offense. And I was like, I recalled the service. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, how do I explain this? And I just said, oh, man, let me just tell you. I, I, have, this, I have this annoying natural phenomenon. Sometimes I have to go to the men's room. Because I drink a lot of water. And truth be told, I, I usually drink about a liter and a half to two liters of water prior to preaching on a Sunday. I do. It's doctor told me it keeps me hydrated, keeps my voice going, and, you know, I don't know. But it just makes me feel better. And, and, and I, I just told, told the lady, I said, trust me, you wouldn't want me making myself available to you and everybody else in the room because that could end up really, really bad. And she just looked at me, and I said, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to the next one. I said, will you please forgive me for needing to use the restroom? I mean, this happened, my friends. This really happened. God, you know it happened. Okay, he saw it. He's the only one who saw this, plus that lady. And, and, but this is where it gets crazier. She said, well, I guess. And then she said, wouldn't it be better if you just communicated that to the entire congregation at the end of the service so we will know? And I said, no, ma'am, that's weird. At that point in time, the meet and greet time was just about over. I was kind of glad, so like back on the platform. Woo hey, but listen, just because someone is not communicating to you something that you feel should be communicated to you does not give you a right to get offended and to believe the worst. That I'm just like all the other pastors. Like, I don't even know what all the other pastors do because I'm here. I'm not, I don't see them. I, I, I don't even know. But you see, what a spirit of offense does is it, is it tries to you with all types of situations and, and bizarre personalities and, and different settings. But all you have to do, church, really, is for you to say, no, I'm not going to take that bait. I am going to crush offense in my life. But it takes spiritual maturity to do that. And it, it also takes maturity to simply turn around and walk away even when you know you're right in a situation. And you may be right on something. But for the sake of peace, you let it go, and you refuse to get offended. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus did not say, blessed are those who always are right. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, blessed are the people who air their disagreements. Jesus never said, blessed are the offended and those who build a coalition of the offended. No. In fact, being right, being right can actually make you miserable. Do you realize that? I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you can prove your point, but you may be damaging a relationship that would even take it to a place where that relationship isn't even going to work anymore. Now, for example, Rebecca and I, we agree on everything. We, we agree. There's nothing we disagree on because I'm always right. Isn't that the way it works? Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Of course, of course we don't always agree. We don't. But, but I've learned this is that it's much better in my life, in my household, to have an atmosphere of fun 
and peace and affection and, and, and laughter and some love in our home instead of always trying to be right, always trying to prove a point. Because it's just not worth it because offense destroys relationships. It's, offense is destructive. It is never, ever constructive. And what happens is when you're offended, then you begin to, re- whether you realize it or not, you begin to seek out other people who are offended as well. And that's what I say about <laughs> building a coalition of the offended because you tend to do that. Like spirits attract. Now, King David said this. This is beautiful. Psalm 133. It says, how wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. (laughs) Yes, that's where God commands the blessing. He ordains eternal life. I want God's, God to command blessing on my life. I want God to command blessing on my church. I want God to command blessing on my home. But constant disputes and getting offended, it really has its root in and selfishness, it's, it's, it's about drawing attention to yourself. It's about being argumentative or critical or, or just simply being the victim. I'm, I'm always the victim. i got to have my own way because I'm the victim. It's when the narrative in your head is 100% truth. You've got this narrative, and that is the truth. That's the way it is. And you're determined to act out on your version of your own narrative that's in your head based upon that. And that's dangerous to be there. See, offense comes ultimately from selfishness. It's really more about you than anyone else or anything else. So quit trying to change the other person and start working to change yourself. Rise above how the other person is acting. and Treat them with respect even though you don't think they deserve it. And... and Truth be told, the more honor you pour into a relationship, the more that relationship is going to be blessed. And, and you need to examine yourself. Is there any lingering offense that's in me? And if it's there, you need to crush it. And, and it, Because if you don't crush that offense, your imagination will begin to grow and expand. And, and, and you'll, again, you'll, you'll say, well, I've been hurt once before, and I'm not going to get hurt again. And so the offense engages. And then these thought processes and these reasonings begin to develop and they actually develop in your mind as a way to protect you from being offended or being hurt again and that is how offense rises up quite often but then the result of that is you begin to isolate yourself you, then you make yourself more and more miserable and, and 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 you begin to feed the toxic poison of offense whether you realize it or not and it keeps you up at night and you're thinking about it during the day you keep rehearsing what you're going to say to that person when you when you finally get them and and you, what ends up happening is you end up finding yourself all alone as your own offended self or maybe with a few other people who are offended as well your offended friends See, isolation is false healing for offense. It doesn't work. Because what happens when you isolate yourself, you don't get better, you get bitter. There's so much hurt inside. There's so much pain. And you lash out and you run and you isolate more. You seek out other offended people. And then death begins to multiply in you and you begin spreading that death around Please understand that is not God's plan for your life. That's not God's plan for you. He wants you to be blessed. God wants healing. God does not want isolation. And God does not want death. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 1 and 2, Solomon says this so well. He says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Wow. You see that? Well, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Well, 
read that first. Well, I'm just going to tell you what I feel or what I think. Well, read that first. Guys, this is, I'm, what I'm talking about here is Christianity, okay? So this, this, is, this right here is like called Christianity, and it works. See, what happens, you become like the Dead Sea in Israel. Uh, the, the Sea of Galilee, it's in the northern part of Israel, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, giant, huge lake that's teeming with life, and, and, it, and it freely receives water, and the water flows in, and it freely gives out the back, which makes the Sea of Galilee different. It, re- it receives water, and it gives water away. But there's, it flows down into something called the Dead Sea. Everything that flows out of the Sea of Galilee is life, and it's It's wonderful. But as soon as it flows into the Dead Sea, everything dies because the Dead Sea has no outlet. It just flows down there and it stops. That's why they call the Dead Sea the Dead Sea. Everything that flows into that place dies. That's what it's like to have a spirit of offense. You're always taking and you're never even giving out. And an offended person carries around a spirit of death with them. They carry around the power of death. And, and see, offense can even happen when you, you might even run into a person that kind of reminds you of someone who hurt you before or reminds you of a person that you've dealt with in the past. And so your walls go up and that death begins to ensue. In fact, John says this in 1 John chapter number 2. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light, that means a Christian, but hates his brother, and that means a Christian, is still in darkness. Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. That's why at City Life, we have zero tolerance for offense, you know, especially in our leadership. We just don't have tolerance for that because you can't lead others if you're groping around in the darkness yourself. You are blinded by your own spirit of offense. But here it is. There is hope for all. God gives us grace. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to restore joy and and trust and laughter and peace. And, And so when everything doesn't go your way, and trust me, something today will not go your way. When it happens, you just learn to begin to smile and laugh it off and keep moving forward and be unoffendable. And choose to pursue unity one way or another. And then God just might command blessing on your life. Blessing on your home. Blessing on your business. Blessing on your body. Don't you want that? See, but you become a person of quality character. I mean, Solomon says this. He says, a person of honor will put an argument to rest. That's a person of honor. (laughs) Now, this is the Bible. I didn't write this. But it says, only the stupid want to pick a fight. Okay, the Bible says that some of you, that is your quote for the day. You need to take a picture of that. that that's something you're going to be posting on Facebook and, and everything. And then watch. You post it on social media, and all these people are going to try to pick a fight with you. And see, that's, that's exactly how it works. Uh, trust me, I would know. I, I, I would know. I, I mean, I get social media rants from people in the community. They, you know, who just, they, they target me, and they want to pick a fight. It's not y'all, but it's just people who want to pick a fight. And, and I just love this because I, there's this wonderful feature. It's called delete and block, and I just love it, you know? I just choose to be a man of good character. I know you might say, well, what if they needed ministry? Well, trust me, they do. They do need ministry. They do need ministry. But I'm not the one who can help them. Why? It's because offended people, they're always bent on quarreling. And I, I'll be candid with you. 
in my early years of ministry, I would try when people did that. I would try, and I have a 100% failure rate in it, and I decided this is not good. I consulted a, a, a mentor of mine and said, why are you doing that? Stop trying to help the people who, who want to fight with you. Just leave them alone. Let them go away, you know. Stop trying to help people who get offended. <laughs> and I, I, I put this little cryptic reminder on my desk. It's a little, you know, post-it notes are wonderful, but it says, Tim, I can t- it's me talking to me. My, my, my office has special little reminders. Always remember wisdom saying number 10. You know it's always been true. Now, anyone who sees that in my office has no clue what I'm talking about unless they read the Bible and they know what it's about. But, uh, and this just helps me to keep in mind I don't want to get sucked into arguments and debates, but this actually comes from Proverbs chapter 23, verse 9. This actually is the wisdom saying number 10 because in, in, this per, in this particular part of Proverbs, there are these 30 sayings of the wise, and saying number 10 says this. It says, do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. That's it. And you know what, guys? Your model and my model should be Jesus. Jesus never reached out to offended people. He never did. He let them be. He let them have their quiet space to themselves. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3 says, It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. I mean, you, you can fight, you can be offended, you can try to prove your point, you can squabble, but do you really win? And truthfully, you're going to lose relationships, you're going to lose your influence, you're going to lose your credibility. Life is too short to live as an offended victim. It really is. You need to crush offense. You need to be unoffendable. What victimization does is victimization looks for the smallest little things, whether you realize it or not, and you're looking for a thing to set you off. I mean, there's a word that, 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 uh, that is popular now, and it's called triggered. Well, and, and, and now, in today's culture, it's become acceptable to become triggered. Well, you're not. It's not acceptable to get triggered. That just means that, that you know... I like to get set off by certain things. Well, no, you shouldn't like to get set off by certain things. So quit saying that you get triggered. You need to stop getting triggered. You need to stop that. Stop living as an offended victim from something that happened in the past. Be healed in Jesus' name. And that's why we need the help of God. Because, again, you're not going to be able to do this wholly on your own. You need God's love. You need God's deliverance. But there is hope. You can be unoffendable. You can be unoffendable and embrace what I call dignity. See, dignity means this, that you are going to overlook an offense, and you're going to believe the best about the other person, even though you don't know the full story and you just think you do. That's good. Now, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Take a look at it in your Bibles. You need to look at this. While you're looking at this, you need to listen to me, because I'm not going to be reading it, but you need to be looking at it, and I'm going to ask you to use your minds here to see something that's there in the scriptures because I'm going to give you the definition of offense. Now, you might be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. In fact, you may have that whole chapter memorized. Some of you probably do. But the definition for offense is right in there. Watch this. Offense is impatient. It isn't kind. Offense envies. It boasts. It's proud. Offense dishonors others. It is self-seeking. Offense is easily angered, and it keeps a record of wrongs. Offense delights in evil and will not rejoice with the truth. Offense does not protect others. It does not trust others. Offense does not hold out hope. 
offense does not persevere with others. Did you see that? That is a complete inversion of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is what we call the love chapter. Really what offense is, therefore, offense really means this, and it's very simple now. We just need a little more of God's love, a whole lot more of God's love in our life. That's the healing for offense. Because in our own lives, when we begin to receive more and more of God's love, that's when we begin to change. Cut yourself off from the love of God. Know this, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let Him love you. Be filled with the love of God, and it will begin to flow out of you. When I realized this about me, I was young in ministry, and I finally got this under my belt. I'll tell you what. I was healed. And what I did personally is I took a nosedive into the love of God, just like jumping into the poem. God is the creator of love. And here's how God's love is defined. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Look at it now with me. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. Oh, isn't this beautiful? It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's love. God puts this into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we begin to let it flow out of us because none of this comes natural. It's all spirit-driven. So the simple foundational cure for offense is love. It's the agape love of God. With this in you, you're going to be able to look at that other person. You can look at them square in the eye, that person who offended you, and you can look at them and say, I love you. I love you. You mean it. You mean it. Or you can even look at the person that you're offended at. You can say, God bless you. I love you. And then just, just, just let Jesus carry you. Remembering the whole time that you're deeply flawed and you need His grace and you need His love just like everybody else does. Keep that love pouring in and pouring back out. Jesus' love for you is relentless. It's never-ending. And He's not going to give up on you no matter what. No matter what. And the Lord Jesus is here now through the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive you for holding offense. He is here to deliver you from a spirit of offense. He is here to carry you. And He's here to take you through every situation that, that is attempting to poison your life. And today is the day where you can begin to crush offense. And I want us to pray right now. I want us to pray. Back all across this room, will you just stand? If you want to crush a fence, you got to have it under your feet. So I think it's good just to stand. And just like that artwork that was put together for this series, you saw the boot on top of the word offense. I asked for them, I said, create something that, that offense is under a boot. I want you just to see offense under your feet. See it under your feet. Picture it under your feet. Imagine it being gone. <laughs> and watch the freedom and victory God will give you. I want to pray for you right now. I want you to receive this. And in fact, I may even have you pray with me in just a moment. But first of all, I want to pray over you. God, I pray that you'll convict us of offense. Convict us of 
allowing offense in our lives. Convict us of reacting with offense. Forgive us for building relationships based on offense. Forgive us, God. Ask the Lord to forgive you right now. Just ask God to forgive you for it. It's the opposite of love. It's the opposite of, the, of Christianity. It's the opposite of our faith. See, this is one of the enemy's biggest tactics toward believers is to keep offense in their lives. And today, we've addressed it. And we're going to begin to crush this. Pray these words with me. Today, I make the choice to crush offense under my feet through the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God. I choose to be an instrument of the love of God and the life of God. I'm done with being offended. I am now on my journey to be unoffendable. I will be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. No more phony Christianity for me. I will be filled with the power of God and the love of God. And I declare that it will flow out of me. Will you just reach up to the Lord right now and just say, Holy Spirit, pour yourself into me. Come on. We just declared it, but just ask Him now. God, pour into me. Pour into me. Pour into me, Holy Spirit. Pour into me. Pour into me. Pour your Spirit 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 into me. (laughs) And you see, what happens is then that the offense begins to go under your feet. And joy is restored. Some of you haven't had joy in a long time because it couldn't manifest because that offense was there. And now joy, joy begins flowing back into your life. Joy begins flowing back into your heart. There's new, fresh joy because of what God is doing in you right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.